Please let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. It is Stanley Fritz. I have one arm muscle. It is on my leg. It is not that big. And then I am here with Selena Hill. And we are also here with Sarah Amy Martin Shkreli Body Slammer. Harvard. You know why they call her that? Because she stone cold stunned the one guy who thought that you should raise the price of pharmaceutical drugs for HIV to a million dollars. Okay, it wasn't that high, but it was still an unreasonable amount. We did a segment about it. Listen to it. It's actually factual. And if you want to know what we're talking about today, we are talking about the mother loving Brexit. No, this is not an English muffin with a dash of Hennessy on the top and some butter on the side. No, it is not like watching Masterpiece Theater with Future playing in the background no it is not like when you take a nap on your hand your hand falls asleep and now you can't feel your hand the brexit is actually a real thing peep game great britain was like yo we don't like immigrants let's get rid of them but they're in this thing called the european union and the european union was like no you can't do that so then a whole bunch of trump supporters or people who probably think a lot like him were like yo we should leave the EU, the European Union, because if we do that, then we can kick out all the immigrants and we can make Great Britain white again. But facts and mathematics were like, hey, if you do this, you're probably going to screw your economy over and you're going to have to renegotiate all your trade agreements. And then D- David Cameron, that's his name, right? Yes. Yes, because the other day I called like Mike Cameron or something like that. <laughs> so David Cameron was like, Yo, this is not a good idea. I don't support this. But because the people that elected me into office are also the people that want this, we'll have a referendum vote on it. <laughs> because he thought no one in their right mind would actually vote to leave the EU. Kind of like the same way we for months said there was no way in the world Donald Trump would win the Republican nomination, right? Yeah, pretty much. They had the vote. Guess what? Great Britain voted to leave the EU. So everything is going crazy. The price of Hennessy in Great Britain went up by 10 times more than it was before. 20 minutes after the vote had gone through, the British pound had gone down by 4% in value. I think by the end of the night, it had gone down by 10%. Businesses were talking about leaving Great Britain. Scotland is talking about seceding from, from the United Kingdom and becoming a country on their own again and just going to the EU on their own. And David Cameron is probably going to resign. Do you know why? Because why wouldn't you resign when you have been a leader when the most ridiculous vote and probably Great Britain's history went down? Meanwhile, Donald Trump, who says things that I might say when I'm drunk off of like seven bottles of Hennessy, he says he's sober. He says, look, Great Britain has done a great thing, and we need to follow in their footsteps. But we're all saying, no, this is not true. He's crazy. And everyone has all these opinions. And all these people in Great Britain who said, hey, we're going to vote to leave the EU are now having all these second thoughts. Like that time New York voted in a black mayor, then the white people realized, oh, crap, the black guy really won. But unlike this time, Great Britain can't... De- unlike this time in New York, where you have to wait four years before you could vote in um, Pataki, which probably me. Wow, I'm butchering this intro. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, go ahead. Unlike this time, like in New York, you had to wait four years before you can bring in Giuliani. Great Britain has to wait two years to renegotiate the exit of the EU. Or maybe if the leaders have some strength and some cojones, which I don't think they do, mm-hmm. they will just ignore the people's vote and then lose their jobs. But because I've had way too much whiskey this morning and because I'm trying to go to brunch, we have someone in the studio. <laughs> and by in the studio, I mean on the phone line <laughs> waiting to speak to us who will give us all the information that we could possibly 
we want on this topic. And she will tell us whether we should go to Great Britain right now and buy Jordans for half off or if things will be okay. And on the line, we have Susie Popic, who is a senior money editor at Mike and a personal finance writer and editor at CNBC. So Susie Popic also works with Sarah Harvard, I'm assuming. At you guys, Mike. Hey, at Susie. Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm so old. I remember when Mike was policy, Mike. Yeah. And you can create a profile to start writing there. Oh, wow. And then they were like, hey, we want to actually do real news and real work. So then they, <laughs> they blocked my account, which I totally <laughs> understand. <but no. laughs> this never happened, guys. So, Susie, welcome to the show. How are you today? Morning. Thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, just to clarify, as much as I'd like to have cloned myself and be everywhere, I actually left the NBC to come to Mike. Very excited about it. We're launching a new money vertical this summer. Um, but I got, you know, just in my first week here, uh, Brexit. Brexit happened. So that's pretty, cool. right. pretty exciting. It's a lot going on. So, Susie, since you are good with money, I have negative $7 in my account. How can I buy a bottle of Hennessy without spending that negative $7? <laughs> well, if you wanted to buy anything right now, um, and, you know, and some people are, right? So some people are saying, oh, the market, you know, the Dow dropped by more than 600 points on Friday. I went down to Wall Street, and, you know, there were a couple guys there who said, yeah, that's a buying opportunity. When the market freaks out because of a global event, um, it can hurt stocks that have nothing to do with that global event. It's just sort of, you know, everyone's scared. That's a buying opportunity. But that's, of course, you know, that's if you have play money. If you if you don't have an emergency fund where, you know, if you lose your job, you have six months of savings. If you don't have that yet, you shouldn't be buying any stocks. You shouldn't be buying any Hennessy, to be no. honest. <laughs> that's hurtful. You know what? I do have play money. It's called play with this whiskey. Play with this Hennessy, <laughs> all right? So, Susie, this is not about my atrocious spending habits. We are actually talking about the Brexit. And I think I've given a half-hearted, half-witted description of what's going on. But for our listeners who do not speak gibberish, could you please explain what's happening in Great Britain right now with this Brexit? vote sure i think you did a pretty good job actually but uh you know to recap what happened is there was this widespread impression that there was as you said no way no way that the referendum vote would result in the united kingdom deciding to leave the european union of course a referendum is not binding but because of the way david cameron handled this and sort of gave respect to it and then resigned it, it it is going through. You know, there was sort of that there was that possibility that he could say, No, we're not gonna do this and then turn to Parliament and say, you know, how are we gonna handle this? But of course if he had done that, people would be very angry at him. So, you know, he's kind of he was sort of doomed either way, um, after this happened. But so like I said, the betting market, you know, the the financial markets did not what's called price it in and that's why you saw such you know, gl- the you saw global stocks European stocks lost like 7%. That's why you saw, you know, markets across the world. Oh, Japan had the worst, like, I think, single day in the last 15 years, something like that. Wow. So, you know, it, it, it was serious, but I think that it was generally a knee-jerk reaction. Um, this, the, I believe that markets, financial markets, still bounce back. The scarier thing is not like stock markets. It's kind of the economy and global economics and trade. Mm. Well, so, so you know, I have a question because um, I think you mentioned it, but as soon as this happened, the pound actually reached an all-time low in the last 31 years, and we're definitely seeing some consequences across the globe. I want to know, do you think this could actually lead to a global recession? Like, what's the worst-case scenario that could happen now that the Brexit has occurred? 
So uh, that's a great question. Um, just to start with the currency issue, uh, you know, so yes, of course, if, if the pound drops, that means when you, you know, if you want to go buy British products, go to Topshop, I guess, or, you know, or literally go visit Britain, you know, it, it'll be cheaper right now for sure. But uh, the danger of their currency dropping, it, it both, well, or rather their currency dropping poses a danger to them. It also poses a danger if now everyone's running or all investors are running to safer assets like, say, the U.S. dollar. What does that do? Well, U.S. dollar is more valuable, which sounds like a good thing, but if it makes U.S. products less competitive abroad, so our exports are now too expensive for other people to buy, that means the American companies will suffer and they probably won't be hiring as much, for example. So that's one way that, yes, in theory, um, through contagion, a global recession or, you know, an American recession could be triggered. How likely is that? Probably, you know, at this point, it doesn't seem imminent, especially since, um, you know, I, I just read something this morning that sounds like the EU and the European Commission are determined to kind of make this happen quickly and with decisively, meaning they, they're like, hey, yeah. UK, you want to leave? All right, you're leaving soon. Whoa, <laughs> we're so- not going to we're not going to put this off. So that's a good I mean, that's potentially a good thing in the sense that uncertainty is bad, and the longer there's uncertainty, the more likely this will be a drag on global growth. So I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was actually going to ask that next. What is the EU's stance on, on the United Kingdom saying, hey, we want to torpedo our economy? So now you're saying they want to expedite this process, but how does this affect the other countries in the EU? And like, what's the likelihood that the United Kingdom will still be able to have the same kind of negotiating power, the same kind of trade agreements that they, they have now? That's a really good question. Um, so the people who are a little more bullish, people who are a little more positive about all this, say, you know, this is kind of nominal. In theory, they could hammer out very, very similar trade agreements, um, you know, going forward to what they already have. And so it maybe doesn't matter. But, you know, your question about how... Uh, this affects Europe's economy. That's very important. So the economists um, just, in one of their stories, suggested that whatever the reduction in Britain's GDP growth, so their, you know, their productivity growth, Europe's economy will suffer about half as much. So whatever happens in the UK, the EU might feel it may be half as much, but that could be a lot. That's mm-hmm. a huge thing, especially for places like Greece, which is not recovered from, from their recession at all. So you're telling right. me that, so if United Kingdom loses $10 million. I'm just throwing a fake number out there. Then a country like Greece might lose $5 million off of the negative $7 they already have. I think that, you know, it, it, it's a little hard to put specifics on it. Like, I think that's a ballpark. But that what, you, what you're saying about other countries, that's relevant actually in a more political way, which, you know, p- politics affects economics and vice versa. But, uh, and vice versa. but uh, like, what I mean by that is there are now groups in France for example, that are saying, hey, maybe we want to leave the oh. EU yep. as well. So that's where this is really destabilizing. Yeah, Scotland as well. They're also thinking about just pretty much leaving uh, the, the the European Union. No, and no, Scotland's thinking about leaving the United Kingdom so that they right, can stay with they the want, Union. Right, because like, they were upset about Brexit. Yeah, because most we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the common sense thing um, when we come back from this break because we do have to come back from a, we do have to go on a break. But Susie, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and I know Sarah has some questions as well, is that a lot of my liberal friends, and I'm a liberal as well, I make it sound like I'm not, um, 
lot of my liberal friends are saying this is actually a good thing. So brace yourself, Susie. We're going to talk about these things, okay? Thanks. All right, awesome. So, guys, we'll be, we're going on a quick break. When we get back, we'll be talking about the Brexit and whether it's actually a good thing and we just don't know about it. We established like the Yankees. This whole game thankless. We moving militant, but somehow you the one tanking. No limit to why I could take it. And you know me as a Chris Bottle sender. Check pick up. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz here with Selena Hill and Sarah Harvard. Alyssa Fuchs and Jackie Cohen are not with us this weekend. Alyssa is traveling the world, and Jackie is somewhere being a loser. Monty is right there at the desk, not touching anything on his phone with the earphones in, not drinking any fluids, Professor Harden. So please do not beat us up. And we are talking about the great Britain Brexit exit. They have left the European Union, or at least their people have voted in a referendum to leave the European Union. And on Friday, we saw the apocalypse of the economy for Great Britain. Or maybe we didn't, because Susie is saying that what was happening was the markets were reacting sharply, but things might regulate just a little bit. Well, not the United Kingdom's economy. Their economy is pretty much screwed. But they may. So I know Selena had a question for Susie, so I'm going to throw it right to her. Yeah, definitely. We have Susie Popic on the line, who is a senior money editor from Mike. Um, and, you know, before we switch gears, because we definitely want to spend some time talking about the role that immigration and just fear mongering played into this vote. I wanted to ask the question because as soon as um, bre- after the Brexit vote occurred, the Google Trends revealed that a lot of people um, in Great Britain started Googling what the EU is just hours after the voting concluded. On Twitter, I even saw clips of some Brits saying, uh, you know, I really regret this decision now that like the gravity and the mind. And like uh, the gravity of the situation is starting to sit in. I realized my family and I should not have voted to leave the EU. And then there was even a hashtag called Regrexit. Like, get it, put regret and exit together. Regrexit that actually highlighted how some people in Britain um, were, were pretty much uh, realized they made a mistake. So why a lot of people we were saying that. Why can't we have stupid proof voting machines? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, they don't. So, no, but silly, that's a great question because it actually leads to the question I want to ask, and that is. Why did we even make this a referendum in the first place? This is a complex, nuanced issue. Why did David Cameron say, you know what, Brits? I want you to vote. Like, wh- so, and, I mean, Susie, maybe you can chime in, and I want to hear everyone else's opinion on why we even let people vote on such the a big decision. Americans give their children guns. Why? Because stupid? Yes. Oh, because stupid. Susie, what do you think? Help us, Susie. <laughs> um... So one thing that's interesting is if you look at who voted and who voted for what, the young, younger people in the U.K. pretty overwhelmingly wanted to remain in the EU. And that makes sense, right? They probably they grew up. Uh, Britain's been part of the EU since the 70s. So these younger people, they've only known a united you know, Europe and being part of Europe, and that's been part of their lives. Older people, people with less education, and people with lower incomes tended to vote um, to leave the e- European Union. So that's uh, something right there. And then the other kind of sad thing is that younger people, or rather areas in which younger people lived, uh, the, or lived, those areas voted less, meaning the turnout, which was high overall, like more than 70%, which is considered very high, um, unfortunately, that was a lot of older people, meaning younger people didn't really know what was going on. The next day, everyone's Googling, what is Brexit? It's a little too late, guys. Um, and then, you know, they didn't, they didn't necessarily show up 
or rather the people who were going to keep the keep Europe together didn't show up at the polls. So that's kind of the problem with what ended up happening. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's true. And I just wanted to add on that um, before people went to the polls, about 70 percent of voters and 54 percent of the voters who are pro-Brexit, they all thought this referendum would have failed. We all they were like, you know, what? it's we're going to stay here. Let's just go to the you know, let's just go to the polls. Let's just vote on this issue. We know what's going to happen, but at least we can let our voices be heard. But it's pretty much backfired um i know that we are going to switch gears on this I topic i do have one yes. question oh, i no, definitely want to ask um so i think another interesting uh conversation that could be had is about what exactly democracy entails here in brexit um brexit won the pro leave movement won by 51 51.9 uh, percent compared to the 48.1 percent which is a very very small margin and usually with referendums and in, in general voting um it it really depends on a supermajority. So I think it's kind of ludicrous um, in a way that a referendum is passed and, and actually legitimized um, based on a very, very small margin. That just creates a lot of tension and opportunities for riots and, you know, big conversations. And another thing, and I, I know it's probably a little more controversial, but the whole regret it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. regret Um that could be an argument against voting, honestly. I think uh, I don't I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I don't think I think people should vote. But if you don't if you're not educated, if you're not really surely aware of, you know, the conversations going on or not fo- um, formally educated on it. Why are you going to vote on a thing that, you know, you're not really set on and then all of a sudden be regret about it and eventually leave millions of people suffering with a decision that they don't really want? You just made yeah. an argument for superdelegates. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm playing devil's advocate here. We've got to challenge it a bit. Nope, so. nope, nope. So, uh, okay, I guess we're going to nex it now. I do have one more. Sorry. I do have one more question for Susie. We talk a lot about how... Um, I guess the economic uh, impact in terms of the EU and Britain, but what about immigrants here? We we do know that a lot of the driving force, the impetus of um, the pro leave movement, is based on sort of rooted on xenophobia. Um, but what does the economy or the future of the economy, or uh, how does that impact uh, immigrants in the UK and as well as people in the EU? Well, what's ironic in all of this is that um, it kind of sounds like some of these Brexit leaders are walking back what they said about how much they really plan to close borders and, you know, funnel money. Um, and and I think that, that Grexit is something everyone's feeling, even, even some of those leave politicians. Um, what's scary, I think the most impactful thing for immigrants around the world right now is that, um, and I spoke to this Harvard economist, Carmen Reinhardt, about it. She said, you know, look at what happened in the 1930s. As soon as one country says, oh, we don't want immigrants and we want to have trade policies that favor our products, what happens is other countries say, oh, you know what? Me too. No immigrants and we want protectionist policies as well. So when you have all this nationalism, it's contagious. And so, you know, if you look at the United States right now, I think this is a little bit of a warning sign. And it's also, as you were saying, if we don't want, if you don't want America to become more like that, you better show up at the polls this fall. So what you're saying is vote for Hillary, uh, not because you like her, but because if you don't, we'll have the Brexit. <laughs> mm. uh, I, didn't, I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I do think, though, that, you know, so, hey, this is a sign you really got to, you got to show up and vote. Um, the other thing about immigration is, uh, 
ironically, it has been making the United Kingdom richer. Uh, European right. migrant, you know, your people coming into the UK and working and innovating and building businesses that has added to uh, British GDP. So you're going to lose that if if they become more protectionist. Another thing is, and I understand, like there's a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment uh, going around across the globe, especially in light of ISIS they took our jobs. and like you know the rise of ISIS and recent attacks. But it it makes sense. Like I mean, it doesn't make sense that UK actually decided to leave the EU because the way I look at it, if you are you know a part of this larger entity with 27 other um, nations, shouldn't you guys be working together to protect? each other and to you know and shouldn't there be more cooperation between all of these countries within the European Union to keep innocent people safe like I don't understand why they were like we want to stand on our own well the EU has its own problems the reason that Greece is in such a, a big mess now is because the EU wouldn't let them like it wouldn't let them like br- dry, bring down their currency and then force them to use austerity to come out of the, to come out of the recession, which was a gross failure so we can't sit here and act like the EU is a perfect machine Susie what do you think? I think that, so Europe is, is a special case where, you know, for decades now the idea is, oh, we're one Europe. But when you go to Europe and you meet Europeans, how do they identify? Do they identify as Europeans or Germans and Frenchmen and, you know, Greek? And I think that's the problem. Is it's, it's not quite like the United States where, you know, and we certainly have our own problems, right, because there's a lot of division by state. If, you're, if, you're, if your politics are a certain way, you might feel more, you might identify more with your state or your region. But it's a whole new ball, a whole different ball game in Europe where no one has really fully, or no single country has fully become just European, right? Everyone is still a little bit nationalistic. So it's pretty much a whole bunch of crew love where people don't love the crew that's supposed to be rapping. I get it. Sarah? (laughs) Yeah, so I just want to point out an irony here. Um, So uh, my little social justice-oriented self and identity staff writer kind of uh, mindset, um, I find it so incredibly ironic that Great Britain, which has literally colonized the majority of the world is suddenly afraid and leaving because they're afraid that immigrants are taking over, um, which I think is incredibly ridiculous in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in, that, that's my opinion. It doesn't reflect my companies at all. Um, in addition <laughs> to that, like... The lawyer's listening, huh? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> but, like, let's look at, for example, Nigel Farage, uh, the, you know, the, the face of the um, pro-leave movement, who has repeatedly said awful things about Muslims, awful things about refugees, awful things of anti-European, um, uh, anti-Eastern European um, rhetoric. And you see this after the, the result. You have pro-leave uh, people Shouting in the streets, go home, yeah. pack your bags, you're deported. A woman tweeted yesterday that she, uh, her daughter was on the way to work and saw a bunch of men yelling at a Muslim girl telling her to leave, that you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, if you look at that, if Trump wins, I'm sorry, if yep. Trump wins, that, I mean, we already lived through that, you know. And I think that's, a, I'm noticing a lot of leftists and a lot of liberals talking about, you know, the whole Bernie Sanders, uh, Hillary, Trump um, conversation um and a lot of them find that hillary clinton's policies are very uh you know hawkish and neoliberal and they're totally against that um and then they're saying that you know well trump was actually very like was against the war in iraq um which i mean i don't think it's a good argument in itself but the problem is is that yeah well the thing is trump incites violence yeah you have people in texas right now who are literally training to kill muslims with bullets and pig's blood like al jazeera plus did a huge uh well not a huge it's just two minute video but they did an investigation on it um and you know 
for me, I'm seeing a lot of articles right now saying that what's happening in Brexit, um, it's going, it's, it might lead to a win for Trump. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of follow that same sentiment because if no one thought that Brexit was going to happen, and if we think about how that translates here in the U.S., no one thought that Trump would make it this far. And I still, to this day, don't really believe that he could win the White House. But I am a little, I am starting to second guess myself and that attitude because I'm like, look what's going on. So, guys, two things. Never underestimate the power of bigots and never underestimate the stupidity of American voters. It's true. I am not comfortable at all until the elections are over. So I have a question, though, because I have a lot of liberal friends who left leaning friends who I trust their opinion. And they're saying that this Brexit vote might not have been a bad thing. So I'm not really understanding why they feel that way. I was hoping, Susie, you can tell me maybe what could be some 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 positives that come out of this Brexit. It all depends on how it plays out. If, you know, it happens and is, uh, well, here's one way of looking at it. If it's a big disaster, maybe a lot, all these other European countries who are thinking about their own exit will be like, no, no thanks, we don't want that. So that's, that's one upside. Um, you know, that's kind of a little bit snarky of me to say, but then I think the, the other upside is if this works out smoothly and the trade agreements are largely the same in the end as they have been, then, you know, this is just going to be a buying opportunity. And, you know, temporarily everything's getting cheaper. Buy some stocks and maybe you'll be fine. And, in fact, you, you know, now you just bought everything on cheap. The only good thing for me is, like, I'm really thinking about going to London <laughs> really soon. Get some Jordans, right? Yeah, no, just in general, because the only reason I've never traveled there is because it was so expensive. But, yeah. I mean, but that's so that's so minimal compared to, like, the grander scheme of things. Like, I think Donald Trump was even, he was, when he was asked about Brexit, he started looking at it from a perspective of, like, how does it benefit me or how does it, mm-hmm. like, hurt me? And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't think that you should necessarily take that attitude. I wonder how much I can get the Steph Curry sports. <laughs> but Stanley is taking that attitude. Well, listen, they want to <laughs> torpedo their economy. That's not my fault. I want to get some Jordans out of this, okay? Oh, my goodness. Listen. I can't. So, so, so we do have to wrap this conversation up. I just want you to let the listeners know how they can um, read your articles and they can learn all the great things about money and financing that I learned today. Uh, why don't you just find me on Twitter? It's Susie, S-U-S-I-E, P-O-P-P-I-C-K, at Twitter. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on to the show today. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You too. Thank you. So, guys, we do have to wrap this segment up. But before we do, I just have a couple of things to say in relation to the Brexit and all the amazing things that we are doing. So I said this before when we were kind of like wrapping up the conversation. But I said never underestimate the power of a bigots and b the ability for stupid people to put us in really bad situations. One of the things that that has stood out to me since this Brexit vote has happened has been people saying, why didn't we know all this negative information about the Brexit vote before we put this vote out? Everyone's been saying, wow, we're hearing all these horrible things now, and we had no idea things could get this bad because no one told us. The information was not made available. Even though in the States, John Oliver actually did a whole segment on the Brexit vote on his show last week tonight that Great Britain went right on with banning from being aired in Great Britain until after the Brexit vote took place. Yes. 
Never underestimate the power of stupid people. Never underestimate the power of bigots. Because when you let bigots go into a room and be the loudest ones there, and then they have an opportunity to infiltrate into the minds and the opinions of people who maybe aren't dumb but just don't know something, they have the power to change hearts and minds. There's a reason that Hitler was so influential. It's not because he was a genius. It's not because these people were just like sheep walking around. It's because Germany was in a tough spot, and here's this loud person saying all these things. And they didn't necessarily agree with him, but it was the mob, the mob mindset. This guy is talking loudly. He seems sure of it, so we're going to go and follow him. And Great Britain has just followed the Leave group over a cliff. And let's be very clear about this. This is not a cliff that they walked over because they want to fix their economy. This is not a cliff that they walked over because they were unhappy with David Cameron and the current governmental structure. This is not a cliff they walked over because the EU would not let them bring down the level of their currency so they can help to recover from a recession. Great Britain was doing just fine in all those aspects. This is not a cliff that they walked over because they want to have more pride for their country. This was a cliff that people walked over because after hundreds of years of colonizing hundreds of countries, hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of people colonizing these people, whitewashing their history, killing them, raping them, burning down their homes, after hundreds of years of colonizing them, now all of a sudden they felt like their own little white fragility, I'm sorry Professor Harden, their white fragility was in danger because a few brown people and a few Eastern European people Eastern European people started to come into their country, and when they saw that, they couldn't handle it. So they let their bigotry and their stupidity power them towards a vote that will collapse their economy if we're talking about worst-case scenarios. And if you want to walk over that same cliff, then just follow what they did with this Brexit vote. But if you want to have common sense and move towards a place of more tolerance and fix the problems that we have in our own American economy and hopefully not be looking the next day when the stocks are plummeting and the jobs are going away out of nowhere and the value of the dollar is nothing... Be educated, be active, vote, fight, and don't just be making decisions that are rash and are not thought through because they did it over there on the other side of the pond and look what it's gotten them into. But anyways, guys, I'm not in England. I'm in New York. My whiskey still costs $17. We'll be right back after this quick break. Good means rewind. A gunshot means forward. You requested it, so we rewind. Search. Yeah. WHCR 94.3 FM, New York. Yeah. Look, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me.